Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of The Light Within. Today, we are talking with spunky spiritualist Tiffany Wynn. She's a spiritual life coach and a pharmacist, and we dive deep into self-forgiveness, happiness, and cultivating inner peace. In this chat, we talk about meditation and how it led to Tiffany finding her own happiness. We talk about the four components of her happiness blueprint, and we also dive into getting some clarity around peace, inner peace, and awareness. It's a perfect conversation for this time of year, and I hope you enjoy it. So here's a little more about Tiffany. Tiffany is a spiritual life coach who helps busy professionals and sensitive high achievers reconnect with their truths and live authentically. She combines practicality and spiritual wisdom to guide people toward clarity and confidence in who they are, leading them to inner peace and happiness. With her analytical brain and her intuitive tarot reading skill, Tiffany brings a unique approach to one's self-transformation journey. Tiffany immigrated to the U.S. when she was 16 and quickly learned the harsh reality of being alone in a foreign country. She faced her greatest fear, loneliness. And as the years went by, she grew tired of chasing the next thing and feeling lost, so she decided to look within. Tiffany created the Happiness Blueprint to illustrate how people can build a fulfilling life for themselves. So please join me in welcoming Tiffany Wynn to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on, Leslie. So the first question I love to ask everybody is, what ignites your light within? I would say to be true to who I am, and that's what really propel me forward and just live each day really honest with who I am. Mm, I love that. And so for those who aren't familiar with your work, can you introduce yourself and just kind of the work you're birthing into the world? Yes, so I am a spiritual life coach and also a pharmacist. And uh, so I help people reconnect with their own truth by tracing their thought patterns so they can gain some clarity and inner peace on the way. Mm, I love that. I feel like we need that so much right now, specifically with like all of the shit that's been going on in the pandemic for the last, God, it feels like it's almost been two years at this point. Um, how did you find your way into this work? So it started with my own inner journey. And then um, I struggled for a very long time. And uh, afterward, uh, I I was just talking to other people. And they would, even though like nothing much like on the outside of my life had changed, but on the inside, a lot of things have changed and people actually can see it. Like they can mm. recognize, they can feel it. And then 
uh, my friend was, you know, and I was just talking more uh, into like deeper, more sensitive topic with my friend and realized uh, a lot of us have very uh, similar patterns, like a lot of like self-worth, shame, guilt, a lot of those same patterns. And, um, and I would just, you know, talking to them and helping them out. And uh, but what really started was actually coming out of a wish. It was during one of those chaotic times in my life where everything is stressful, work and family, everything big, just make a big mess. And even through all that, there was just a a crown, a grounded place that I would just feel very calm, and that's almost like palpable. And uh, I realized that is not very common. And I wish everybody felt the same way. So I started the business to start out to help out on that one, just to help everybody to find their own sense of anchor so they can have that, even though if the light is chaotic. Mm-hmm. And what were some of the tools or some of the, I guess, entryways to your own journey to find your inner peace and your happiness? Was there anything that kind of sparked that for you? So two things that really spark it. Uh, the first one, which is taking a very long time to get to it, was uh, self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I was having my own struggle for a very long time, over a decade, mm-hmm. until a very com- honest conversation with my friend. And then it was just like this kind of epiphany that... and that if I think if I switch places with my best friend and if she did everything I did, make all the mistake I made, I would never think less of her. Mm-hmm. So I realized that I was just too harsh on myself. So I actually forgive myself for all my past actions and uh, moving forward. And uh, it was precisely that self-forgiveness that um, actually catalyzed me on that inner journey that helped me it's almost like put away the veil and uh, make me become, even though it's scary to see myself because at that point in time, I really hated myself, but that have been very uh, helpful and that started. And then the second thing was, um, so after that uh, self-forgiveness for a while, a few months later, I stumbled upon my teacher so he's a meditation master and uh, so meditation has been very helpful for me. Mm, isn't it funny? It's like we can beat ourselves up about stuff so often. And like, if we just switch that to feel like, would I judge my friend like that? It's so, it seems so simple, right? But God, like when you're in the midst of like blaming yourself for all the shit that you've done in your past, like it's so tough not to do that. It is very tough. And uh, we are always harsher on ourselves. And I think Precisely because we knew what we were thinking and what we were feeling during those moments. So even though, you know, it's so much easier from the outside just to look at, oh, yeah, if my friend did that, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Okay, she makes a dumb mistake, but you know what? It's okay. And nobody is perfect. But for us, when we do it, all those kinds of emotions and all the kind of thoughts that we had during the process it was just so overwhelming and I guess like it was just such um it's like staring to, into our darkness and like knew like how actually worse we are so we would just become so much harsher on ourselves more 
more than necessary. Mm -hmm. And so self-forgiveness and meditation kind of helped you start this journey for yourself. And you work a lot with people to help them find inner peace and happiness too. So um, I'd love to find out from you, you know, what do you think it means to be happy? So for me to, um, and then to everybody <laughs> that I help with my former clients, um, to be happy is actually to know themselves, mm. to actually have this clarity of who they are and not be in the confusion of um, where they're going, what do they want, and what step they're going to take next. Uh, because that confusion be, bring a lot of suffering and we cannot be happy with the presence. So even in the present, uh, where we have this clarity, even in the present, where we not yet have what we want, let's say we have certain goal that we want to achieve, but we're not there yet, but because we have that kind of goal and directions mm -hmm. and we have that kind of motivation, we still feel happy and we still feel, uh, like I guess, motivated enough to go toward the world. Um, but when we were confused, then we don't know what's going on. We're not sure if that's the right place, that's the right thing to do. That's the, you know, the, the confusion just bring mm -hmm. a lot of uh, terrible, uh, very confusing emotion and make me we just lost. So that's the, just a simple clarity of knowing uh, who we are and what we want, uh, that's bring that uh, happiness. So it's just clearly a peace of mind. When we go to sleep, we don't have to be struggling. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also what I've realized in my own life. The second that I realized that I was here for a purpose, it's kind of like what you're saying, like getting clarity about what you're doing, like what you're gonna, like what you're here for. Even though I might not be there yet, the journey of getting to the place is much happier than just like you were saying, kind of just like living in this confusion. Um, so yeah, that's so cool. You have something called a happiness blueprint. Is that right? How does that work? So it's more like uh, explaining to people how they can build a happy life for themselves, which is, you know, not like how you can be a seven figure <laughs> and be so happy in your life. That's not how it is. Um, so it's like similar to the concept of uh, Ikigai in Japanese term about, you know, finding purpose and stuff. Um, so the happiness blueprint uh, coming out from my own uh, personal journey and a lot of um, experience with other people. So it consists of four components. And the first one is basic needs. Uh, so it's just common sense that I would say if everybody if they have to be struggling to figure out, you know, shelter and food, they're not in the right state of mind to be looking for happiness. So first, we all need that kind of basic needs met first. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty sure nobody's basic needs going to be an extravagant mansion <laughs> or, you know, or like a fancy car or whatever. So literally, just really your basic needs. So once we have that kind of component, so that's like the first circle, um, we can move on to the next one. So there are four total. So the second one is purpose. And just like you said, a purpose uh, or passion bring a lot of fulfillment and meaning to our life. And we all need that um, to, 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 for our enjoyment, for our happiness. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to find that a job that you absolutely love to work every single day, but it's something to know 
it's like a process of exploration to know what brings fulfillment, what brings meaning to your life. It could be your hobby, it could be your interest, but mm-hmm. something you have to be passionate about, something that you enjoy. Uh, definitely doesn't need to be your job. It just it just need to be something that brings meaningful for you. Uh, because I see a lot of people struggle and miserable by trying to find that one life calling and purpose, mm-hmm. and that's what totally not. Um, it's totally very uh, a skill a way of looking at it. That's not how it is. Uh, also very unrealistic. And uh, the third part is a, a third component going to be relationship. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, we humans, no matter what time it is, no matter you know the social uh, circumstance, we are all social beings. No matter whether we are extrovert or introvert or whatever personality we are, we are always dependent on other people, mm-hmm. no matter how uh, my independent heart really <laughs> refuses to believe it. But it is true. We always need other people. And so not only that we just need like socialize with other people, we need at least just one person to not only that. Um, so the two things that make that relationship uh, very meaningful, that very uh, need, need is uh, first one is safety, that mm. we feel safe to be ourselves around them. Uh, we don't have to watch ourselves and wash our tongue or whatever. Uh, the second one is to have that uh, understood, to be understood in that relationship, to be supported. Um, even if they really don't understand like why you think the way you think or what the hell are you doing or why you do it that way, they still support you. So we all need just that one relationship. Uh, it doesn't have to be your spouse. It can be um, anybody. Like, it could be a mentor, it could be a friend, it could be a family member. Uh, someone just have that, uh, give you that kind of support and give you the kind of safety, you know, uh, even from yourself when you were doubting yourself a lot, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. So, and um, of course, it doesn't. It has to be with a human. A lot of <laughs> you know, when I talk to some of my clients, they were like, "My pet, uh, the love of my life," and the soulmate. I'm like, it's true, but I think a pet is just incapable of understanding the human mm-hmm. level of certain things and challenges uh so yes it might very well be your soulmate but it's not for this point of relationship <laughs> um so and then the last one component which is the most important is yourself is you have to know who you are because you are the one that driving your universe you have perceptions of everything you know, the way you think about everything uh, determine the way you feel about things and in turn kind of be determine your judgment and your decision. It, you're going to be the main one that do everything like that. And you can change it. And uh, it's just, uh, I use this analogy a lot. And it's very true. Just like when you read a book, you can have, a, you can feel certain weight about a certain character, but a plot twist can make you change 180 degree on that specific character. And you can see that even for the longest time, you can hold a certain opinion and feel very strongly a certain way, but it can be very quick. Like could be just taking one paragraph and just flip everything around. 
So similarly to in life, you can, you know, carry on a very unhealthy way of looking at things. But perhaps maybe a light bulb moment come off and it changed your, the way you look at things uh, completely. And it's possible and you can change your life to the way you want by purely changing your thought. So that's why truly knowing who you are, reconnecting what is true for you and what is um, truly aligned for you. And so for that happiness blueprint, like once you get that basic needs uh, met, that circle met, um, all the other three, you can work on them or simultaneously, uh, but usually focus first and foremost on this component, on yourself the most. And then once you know yourself, all the other one naturally fall into place. Like once you know yourself, you naturally figure out what you're passionate about. You naturally know what brings you fulfillment and meaning. And, and because of that, you don't really have to hide yourself anymore. So naturally, the people that meant for you and the people that understand you will naturally come to you because they, oh, yeah, I understand you. There's, so you just, you know, naturally drawn to each other. So they just naturally fall into place. And um, yeah, so that's basically the blueprint. Mm, I love that you said you are the one driving your universe. I thought that was so beautiful. And this whole idea I've been reading a lot recently about, it's like when you, the whole idea of changing your thoughts and how much your thoughts affect your, your body. There's like this whole premise premise that like your inner world affects your outer world and then vice versa. I was just reading these studies about um, a woman, I think her name was Ellen Lang. She had done these studies where she um, for instance, was studying a bunch of elderly men and she had them live together, I think for seven days. I think this was in the seventies when she did this study and she wanted them to live as if they were 16 years younger. So she took it back to like 1959 during the study, had all of these books, these magazines, these newspapers, these TV shows. She had them dress like they were in 1959. She removed the mirrors and only put pictures up of them as they were at that point. And before the study started, she measured things like their memory, their sight, their strength, their hearing. And after living like this for a week where they really embodied that idea that it was 16 years in the past, their memory was better, their eyesight was better, their hearing was better. So like their belief that it was this different time period that they were younger actually manifested in these physical attributes that were different. So when I look at studies like that, I think, well, it makes perfect sense that like your thoughts really do affect everything in your life. Yes. And I think that also, uh, because I also work in the medical field, I would say is, uh, it's true, but don't take it to the extreme. I feel like sometimes people just take it to the extreme one way or the other, uh, one sometimes would be like just disregard completely on the uh, mental well-being or your emotional state well-being. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. You know, we are a very emotional creature and our mind really affects everything. Our body, it really affects our physical uh, thickness mm-hmm. and it really affects our well-being in general and really affects our life. Uh, but on the other end, when we just disregard the reality, <laughs> the mm-hmm. science of, uh, you know, the physics and the physical body, uh, it's not true either. You know, like no matter how positive you think you are, if they say if you um, uh, a little bit handicapped, that's not going to magically cure you just mm-hmm. because you think you can. 
-hmm. Otherwise, Stephen Hawking would be walking, you know. Mm -hmm. So there is very, um, always you want to have a balanced view, you know, like, yes, your um, thoughts and your emotion, you really want to pay attention to them because they are driving a lot of things and it does affect your physical body. Um, but it's not going to be, you know, like if you thinking one kind of completely change the other one, mm-hmm. it's not like that. Uh, it's not possible. Uh, just like if you're very healthy, let's say in the gym and keeping your body very healthy, um, it's not always going to change your mental state to be mm-hmm. very healthy. And uh, also when this is the concept I learned in medical view, which is uh, very mind boggling at first. But it's true. It's actually a spectrum. So it's like you can be very healthy, but you're not always uh, the the scale of your well-being, but not very high. Mm -hmm. You can be very, you know, let's say you can be um, very healthy, but you stress out all the time. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you're not feeling it all the time. So your well-being is not that great. (laughs) So, or you can be unhealthy, Let's say you can be having a, a chronic condition, and if you manage it well, your well-being can be also very better. You can be very great, and mm-hmm. uh, you know those two concepts are not mutually exclusive, but they also not the same. So I think people are getting uh, mixed up between them and try to you know fix one thing and everything else gonna be fixed. There's no silver bullet. There's no that no magic pill. So, mm. but you definitely do think that our thoughts play a big role into our ability to um, be happy and kind of change our lives, right? Definitely. I would say because our happiness is just like a, a mental um, uh, processes, it's just like the way you think about something, like I said, with the story analogy, with the way you think about something truly fuel the way you feel about something. Mm -hmm. So that's why it affects our emotions so much and so much quicker because Mm -hmm. it doesn't really need like like a physical change to have our emotion change. It's more from a thought. Um, And then eventually, you know, it's it's bleed out and uh, manifest into a physical change. Mm. And so what about when we're in just like a downward spiral and there's just seems like nothing that you can do to kind of change the thought pattern. Maybe it's just things just keep going wrong and you're just really down on yourself. Do you have tools or advice on just how to get out of that? So um, the first thing that is essential for, uh, so for all of my clients, is actually awareness. So we need to cultivate and maintain awareness all the time. It doesn't matter if we, you know, like if we doing any kind of like a deep soul word or anything, but a level of awareness we need to maintain and that is a practice we need to be maintained for the rest of our life uh, mm-hmm. it's just more being more mindful and so let's say we are um, having a really bad day and everything could be you know spiraling downward the first thing if we you know practice mindfulness we notice so just because we notice things already better so because we notice oh my god I am so um, sad and depressed today and nothing working out my way. Just because we notice it, we are not completely out of control by our own emotions. Mm -hmm. So because we notice, 
then we have a choice because we don't so we have this kind of um, break in between that we kind of have a breather then we can just stop and like okay so nothing going on my way this uh, today and uh, nothing working out but what actually we can do about it uh, so that that stop that can put a stopper from uh, we probably still feel terrible it's not like we're gonna jumping up for joy just because mm-hmm. like we notice it but it's kind of stop that spiraling down and mm-hmm. when something didn't work out we're like okay uh, okay so today it didn't work out and today we feel really bad um, but what I can do in that moment so that's shift our focus from um, because most of the time when we're spiraling down we like projecting the future gonna be much worse mm-hmm. and the future wasn't even here yet but we just say okay this is bad and this is terrible and then t- tomorrow gonna be even worse and everything gonna be it's gonna be like the doom and gloom uh, scenario in our head it's gonna be the worst case scenario in our head and we believe it like oh my god this is just gonna work out and this is all terrible and uh everything going down, down in shambles. Um, but when we notice that and we realize, okay, it's just for now that it's like that, it's bring us back to the present. So first, we're going to be more in the present. We can focus more on more what we can actually do it now. Mm-hmm. And if we cannot do anything, might as well do something else that we enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. if um, if we're waiting around and nothing's going to be done, we still have to waiting, let's say, for somebody else to make a decision, for things to fall into place. And now we do nothing but just sitting in our worriness. Maybe it's time to go outside and take a walk. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. go do something you like. So it's just from that awareness, that mindfulness, that catching yourself that, oh, I'm in the spiral and pretty downward and I'm thinking of all this doom and gloom, it put you in the present of what actually happened right now mm-hmm. and give you a little bit more bearing and give you some direction of what you can do. And that will stop the spiral. Mm, I love that. So notice what's happening and then that kind of creates a pause and then you can shift into the present. And then I love the suggestion of like doing something that feels good for you, like taking a walk. I like to look at puppy videos personally. <laughs> yes. I am, a dog. I am a dog lover. So sometimes during like my day down and sometimes you can suck into the scrolling mindlessly through Facebook and YouTube. And then like, wow, my life sucks right now. You know, like everything is not working out. And then, um, and then you kind of notice that. And then uh, I would just like look up like, cute doctor there's a lot of you you'll be surprised i have a new website that is like 20 dog picture that turn you know like make your life your day so much better and and i would look at it like oh god that is really cute Mm -hmm. or sometimes you know like if i have a lot of time then all right let me enjoy my favorite movie or whatever you know like it doesn't have to be something like dramatic Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like uh, when you're on the, the journey, it doesn't mean that you don't have bad day. Sometimes you do. Uh, sometimes very often you have bad day and your emotion is still very strong. It's still very overwhelming. But it's just a matter of you being aware enough of it to catch yourself before you fall completely out of control mm-hmm. and um, and just change your course of actions. Once you notice it, then you decide to do something different. And it could be just taking a nap, you know, yeah. it, it, it could be just simple like that. Or for me, sometimes I 
meditate, you know, you don't really have to do like any kind of spiritual practice. It doesn't mean like, okay, every time I feel angry, I'm going to go meditate, try to meditate that anger away. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, sometimes it's just, you just need to take a breather and uh, go do something else. Go take a shower to cool you down or something. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about inner peace. So you were saying that you kind of started your journey to inner peace and, and this whole, you know, change in your own life by forgiving yourself and then also um, getting into meditation. I'd love to hear more about your meditation practice. So all of my meditation practice, uh, I follow uh, the Tibetan meditation master. So I follow uh, his teaching on how to meditate. And, uh, but I think the inner peace come from the clarity. It doesn't come from the meditations, mm-hmm. uh, but that is the big, big misconceptions. It's like, uh, before I met her, my teacher, I uh, struggled for three years to meditate and I fell. I just think, well, meditation not for me. I kept falling asleep and it's just not working out. Uh, I don't know what these interviews people are talking about or these benefits from meditation, you know, like totally benefits or whatever with all these articles that I see, you know, what? it's not for me. And um, until I met him and it's, it really changes, like it's, he make it resonant and it's thick and stuff like that. So I think for everyone, um, I want to let you, you know, like this is from my experience and a lot from my uh, clients I work with, the inner peace come from the clarity. Uh, so even when you're still struggling with a lot of difficult emotions, but when you have the clarity, even just the simple clarity, okay, I am dealing with my own anger. That gives you the sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That... It just, I think the confusion of not knowing, and um, I think all of us are just a control freak that we need to know what, what is going on mm-hmm. 24-7. Uh, it's just a confusion that makes us like, oh, gosh, I don't know. And that makes us spiral out of control. But the moment we have the clarity, that is inner peace. That is, we have the center peace of mind that, okay, so I am dealing with the anger, but you know, it's not going to be 24 seven and we kind of have some kind of some idea of the directions Mm -hmm. that give us a peace of mind. And so we can go to bed and not be up in, you know, four in the morning, just brewing in all of these kind of confusion, like why is it that way? And I don't know. know? So just the, just the clarity that helps. And the meditation is just bringing your mind to be a bit calmer so that clarity can emerge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a practice. Uh, and I tell a lot of my clients that you don't necessarily have to do meditations, but it's any kind of mm, practice that increase your mindfulness. Um, so meditation is very great because it's been for like thousands and thousands of years and it's been very proven and it's there are a lot of medita- many types of meditations. Um, I do not teach meditation myself, but I just uh, help people like get starting out with very simple meditation types so they can mm-hmm. try. Um, so it can be easy to do. Uh, but some people do, um, They some people walk, some mm-hmm. people like to take a walk, like a 20 minute short walk on in the park. Anything that any practice or activity uh, tend to be daily will be ideal. Uh, but if you know you have like you, if you're a caregiver of a lot of family member, that might not always be possible. But it have to be consistent and frequent enough to be. If it's not daily, 
it has to be every few days or at least weekly, but it mm-hmm. needs to be a continuous practice. Um, so some people can just be a walk. Uh, some people, a lot of people are actually writing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily be, you know, writing a diary, you know, like you're not a t- teenager that you need to be writing a diary. Uh, but um, it is it is just the, the, just the practice of sitting down and writing down your own emotion that brings you this kind of reflection, that brings you this kind of honesty up, and that brings you put the light on what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And... And that is mainly that's that's what mindfulness is. That bring your awareness to what happening and to what mm-hmm. happening inside of you and to outside of you, and uh, that's it. So any practice that can increase your awareness, that is mindfulness. And from that, your clarity will come up, and that clarity is exactly what gives you the inner peace and happiness. Beautifully said. I love that. And I love your suggestions too about the walking. Um, I like to paint as a form of meditation sometimes. And even just like taking a shower can be yes. meditative if you're like you're saying, like being more mindful about it. Cause gosh, so many times I'm just like jumping in, jumping out so quick. I forget that I even have a body because I'm just like scrubbing it real quick. Um, and especially like I feel for those people who maybe have struggled with body image issues or um you know, feeling not confident in themselves. Like when you do take a little bit more time to even, you know, put lotion on yourself or notice your body in a more mindful way, it can help connect with that. And especially if like I'm spiraling in my head, sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll notice that like getting into my body can help decrease those like worried thoughts of the future. Yes. So any practice that can put you in the present. And um, it has to bring you at least a little bit. Um, you want to be enjoyed a little bit, you know, like this is not like uh, exercise, you know, like you don't want to make a mindful practice become like an exercise. Like, okay, gosh, yeah. I have to go to the gym for this an hour and, you know, like 15 yeah. minutes. So you don't want to be something that you require too many motivations to do. Like the simple act of doing it brings you enough joy that you don't dread doing it. Mm. So um, if you do not like to sit down for meditation, you can do yoga, you know, like mm. you can do whatever that, you know, just make you become more in the present, more in your body. Um, like say you're painting, that you don't uh, spiraling out of thinking about the past or the future, you're more in the present of what you're painting. So that's why uh, a lot of people like coloring. So mm-hmm. um, I like coloring also. So that's actually really work. Um, also, uh, this is for artists, and I think so. This is mainly for artists that sometimes I see and notice. Um, even though painting and drawing are very good, like a, any artistic skill is very good, uh, but they don't always uh, because of just a creative process. Sometimes you are creating something, you kind of lose the present, and mm-hmm. you just very engrossed in the creative process. And that's not really the present either, but you're in the flow. So you are in, uh, you are doing your, your purpose. You are doing like whatever thing you fulfillment and containment. Um, but that's not always the, the practice to be more mindful because you're also losing track of the present. Mm. So usually when I tell my artist fan, friends that, yes, if you like very angry and you go paint, that's very good. Uh, but like, a separate practice to just increase your level of awareness will be good. It could be, you know, going to shower and just be very present. 
that can be your mindful practice of every day. Mm. And and that could be quick, you know, it could be, you know, you can do five, 10 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be like, when people think of meditation or like a mindful practice, they think about an hour commitment of every day, right? It's, it's nice if you have that kind of uh, life that can accommodate for that and you can strive for it. Uh, but sometimes it's not realistic. Like I don't have an hour of my day to just do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you, five or 10 minutes is sufficient, you know? Awesome. And how long do you think it takes to find this inner peace? Like, do you think it can be something as quick as kind of your, I love the analogy about the book thing, like as quick as shifting that one perceptive um, in order to find inner peace? Or do you think that this is like a lifelong thing? So, um, so this is mainly mostly for a spiritual journey. So it's, I would say there's different level. So let's say for me, um, the self-forgiveness really kickstart my own healing journey. So the, that effect was overnight. That's the first starting. That milestone was the self-forgiveness was giving me that overnight relief. I'm like, okay, so I'm not, you know, a completely unsavable, terrible person that I thought I am. Uh, I would just make some mistakes, some dumb mistakes, and everybody young mistakes. So, so that gave me that kind of relief. So that's a part of inner peace that's really um, necessary. So that can be very quick to get that. Uh, it could be literally overnight. Um, but the much longer one, the one that we actually delve deeper into our own thought patterns and then shifting it and then make it into like our natural response. It's not... Um, so it's more like when we look about our patterns and we're like, oh God, I tend to be triggered by certain things. And it's not going to be an overnight process that, oh, like you're not going to be triggered anymore. In fact, you're still going to be triggered very much more often. But the name of the game is just to recognize it quicker and faster. And um, the earlier you can recognize it, the moment you recognize, okay, God, I'm being triggered. And that is, you know, something that I tend to be triggered by. Uh, we just choose differently. So that that awareness, so that brings you inner peace. So it's going to be a gradual, but I think that in the very beginning, the, the clarity is just like something so very different about yourself. You just need this kind of light bulb moment that brings you that kind of peace of mind and uh, a sense of peace very fast, very immediately. But then it's going to be a different level. So it's like that in the beginning give you like a new baseline. Mm-hmm. And then you can work and gradually and go, you know, find a deeper piece that can last you even in like a very chaotic environment. That will take more time. And that will, the time it takes to get there, it depends on, um, so it doesn't have like a, an end because mm-hmm. Even if you practicing 30 years and you still get triggered, it's completely yeah. normal. You just, the moment you just recognize it, then you know how, what to do. Um, so it depends on the pace it gets to get to, you know, like a higher baseline. It should depend, first of all, on personality. Uh, some people are more type A and really get going and invest a lot of time in doing it. Uh, some people are more laid back and take a slower pace um, and also depend on how much emotional baggage or emotional trauma that we have to work through mm-hmm. to get to that state. Because all of us, um, most of us, I would say, but 
almost all of us have some kind of traumatic experience. And when I say traumatic experience, it doesn't mean that you know you have to get abused and something very dramatic happened to mm-hmm. you. Uh, it could be something very simple that you were neglected a little bit as a child. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that your parents don't care about you, but it was just this. Um, uh, it was just like the sand of being abandoned, the sand of being neglected, or something like that. That can be a traumatic uh, scenario, and mm-hmm. we never knew about it. Um, so all of us have this kind of sudden trauma and sudden emotional baggage, and uh, some people deal with it better than others, and some people have more than others. Some people have more severe baggage than others. And so it just depends on a lot of factors to get to the next baseline so the first one is like raise you up from this kind of inner piece very dramatic and then the next one level gonna be like that sense of peace kind of like seeping into your being that even when you're angry you can have this kind of groundedness that you can return to it every Mm. moment that take much longer and like i said that's depend on many factor but it's you know uh that's good. Uh, but also it's good to set good expectation and don't think about inner peace and happiness gonna be you're gonna be happy every day, 24-7, and you'll be jumping up for joy all the time. Is it's not like that. It's never gonna be like that. So mm-hmm. anybody who say it, that's not very authentic. So <laughs> you'll be in a huge disappointment there. I know I interviewed someone else who said something very similar. She was like, if you ever see a guru who's like, I never get angry. I'm always peaceful. Like run from that person. Like that person's not telling you the truth. And I also find that if I think about this whole idea as like the journey is part of like the journey is the life. The journey is the fun. And instead of thinking like, I'm going to get to the place where I'm happy and I'm having perfect inner peace, like thinking about it as like this massively awesome road trip that you get to be on for your whole life makes me feel less stressed out about like the when, right? Like when is it going to happen? It is already happening because you're here. Yes, exactly. And I think mainly because uh, we were geared to uh, a destination we are always geared for an angle, like throughout our life, in our educations, and even in our work life, we always have a goal to meet, we always have a goal to achieve. And we try to make inner peace into another goal that we have to achieve. So if we do this ABC long enough for a certain amount of time, then we're supposed to get it. And this is inner peace is not something that you work on it to earn it. That's not how it is. And but we sometimes it's hard for us to kind of grasp that concept that okay, it's not something that I can achieve, but it's something that I enjoy and I will, you know, um, grow deeper. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just a different way of thinking of personal development. And sometimes it's hard because when with everything else we have a goal, we have you know performance evaluations yeah. and timeline to meet and deadline and everything. But inner peace and your well-being, your spiritual state, is not a goal that you meet on a certain deadline. And so. I love that. That was, yeah, hell yeah to that. How can people work with you, connect with you, and learn from you? So I, everyone can find me on my website, Spunky Spiritualist. Um, I have a blog. 
that have a section for uh, anonymous questions. So people can just put in a question anonymously and uh, it will pick randomly to answer on the blog. Uh, I am only, I am only on Facebook. I do not have any other social media because uh, I'm very protective of my time and energy. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so they can only find me two ways uh, through my website, spunkyspiritualist.com or uh, interact with me on Facebook uh, under the same handle, Spunky Spiritualist. Perfect. I will put all of that in the show notes below. Tiffany, is there anything else that you want to say that I didn't ask you about before we go? I would say... Um, Embarking on the spiritual inner journey is essential because uh, spirituality is a personal path and essential for all of us. We tend not to think about it until we meet the challenges or crisis and then we rely on us, on our spiritual aspect. So it's best to, you know, uh, think about it now and uh, learning about ourselves and develop it. And um, so the only advice that I would uh, ask people to have because you need some state of mind, you know, to go through the spiritual journey. Uh, first, it will need you will need the honesty, you know, to be brutally honest with yourself. You know, if you're, you kind of have to face all of these murky and dark <laughs> emotions. So to be very brutally honest, if you're angry, you don't admit you're angry. If you're being very quite hateful right now, just admit it. So brutal honesty is really required. And also go hand in hand with courage. You need a lot of courage to face all that and to make a different choice, to decide on a different thing. And uh, lastly is curiosity. Um, mm. To be curious. And so you can have an open mind to you know, have it to see a different perspective, to see, to try out a different practice. Or, you know, let's say if you're, if you're curious, you never know. You, there's a lot of part of you that you explore. Uh, maybe you never knew that you like to dance. If you don't try it, you don't know. So so that's the curious curiosity that need. And uh, keep your curiosity throughout your life. It's really helpful. I love that. Well, Tiffany, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Leslie, for having me on. Well, I hope you loved that chat with Tiffany. I think she had so many amazing things to say, and I feel like it's a perfect time to hear it right now as we embark on this brand new year. So you can connect with Tiffany on Facebook. She is the Spunky Spiritualist. She also has a website and blog. I will put all of those links in the show notes below. Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at Leslie Draffin or at the Light Within Podcast. You can send me an email at the Light Within Podcast at gmail.com. Please continue supporting the podcast by downloading it, rating it, reviewing it, and sharing it with someone you love. Remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.